This episode of Own the Gray is brought to you by I Am. Discover your unique talents, realize your potential, and align to your path. Take the first step to uncover your life purpose by visiting deborahjones.ca slash courses. Welcome to On the Grey, a podcast to dispel the notion that aging is undesirable and setting new positive attitudes. I'm Deborah Jones, and I believe you can be vibrant and healthy throughout the best years of your life. Gramps Jeffrey, also known as Mark Joseph, is the co-founder and spokesman for BabyBoomer.org. He's written over 100 articles about business, education, the homeless, and even written a children's book called I Don't Want to Turn Three. And today... I asked him on To Own the Gray to talk about the role of being a grandparent in today's society. Welcome to Own the Gray, Mark. Oh, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate being here. I'd really like you to talk about the children's book because that was written with reference to being a grandparent, wasn't it? Yes. You know, you know, you kind of ask me, why did I even write this book? I got to tell you, living this past year because of the pandemic caused by uh, COVID-19 in isolation, except for being able to be with my family, kind of gave me special time to watch and interact with these grandkids. I got to tell you what a trip this was, because all six of these kids have completely different personalities. But the one thing they do have in common is their sense of curiosity and how excited they do get when they do accomplish something new, you know, watching them grow year to year and how they interact with each other is really the basis for this book. But, you know, what goes through a toddler's mind that parents are so desperate to understand? When does a toddler really understand the difference between uh, you know me and us? This book kind of explores how a family finds that out together. But as a baby boomer myself, you know, trying to understand how the world has evolved since I was uh, three years old is also part of this story. You know, my parents, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have the Internet. You know, they didn't have cable TV. They didn't have remotes. I was my dad's remote. He said, son, go change the channel. Yeah. You know, I, I was the remote at the time. My parents' definition of uh, discipline is quite different than parents of today. You know, has today's world made for a better place for children to grow up? I, I'll, I'll, I'll let your, your listeners kind of weigh in on that and decide if it really is. So that's why I wrote this book. And it's really a book that is written for parents and grandparents to share with their kids to kind of explore all those kinds of uh, ideas. You know, it sounds like what you've been writing about are some ideas on how to interact with our grandkids. Would that be right? Yes, it's very important. Now, you think about this. These grandkids, uh, these kids, this newest generation, the kids that are one to 10 years old, they are going to become this greatest uh, generation that North America has ever produced. I mean, when you think about it, as soon as they come out of the womb, uh, they're on the Internet. They got their cell phones and they're in the electronic world and all that. Yeah, I didn't get on the Internet until I was 40 years old. So this this whole new generation has this unique advantage with all this information coming at them. You know, and so it's up to us as parents and grandparents to balance that with Mm -hmm. all the real life experiences. So it does become the greatest generation ever. And that isn't a very easy task because I've seen how attached 
these young children are to their devices. And you suggest, you know, let's go out and play. And it's, you look, you get looked at really strange, you know. So, I mean, do you have any advice of, of, of how to connect with their grandkids in a way that is actually uh, going to be acceptable to them? I mean, that's one aspect of looking at it. And, and I know there are others, but. Yeah, I, I think the one thing that we as adults need to do because again, these kids, as you mentioned, they're on the internet. They're they're electronic. We need to pull them back and get them involved in books. You know, books are the greatest way to connect to kids. You know, when you think about it, uh, and you know, take, just take me as an example. When when I want to connect with my two or three or four year old, I grab a book with them. Now, what does that do? Well, first of all, it gives you twenty minutes just to spend with them. You know, looking at a book, you know, know, just picture a little kid sitting on your knee or on my knee, you know, and it it creates bonding. You know, it's just a nice way to spend some time together. It's only 20 minutes, but it gives you that chance to pull them away from their normal environment to do that. You know, another reason we as grandparents and parents should be encouraging uh, and reading and becoming the part of the routine of, of reading books to kids is it supports listening skills. You know, listening to a book, it requires them to listen. Now, you and I both know that as we grow older, listening skills are the best skills that we have developed. I mean, you, as as a podcaster, you have to listen to everything going around so you can ask intelligent questions. You know, I have to listen uh, to for sales and marketing and, and what's going on to help build the, the, my businesses. So, so listening skills are the best skills we can teach these kids. And you grab a book, they're sitting on your lap, and all of a sudden, you know, they are listening. That's skills that they will take and grow throughout their lives. Another reason we should all be reading books to these kids is that it helps with the cognitive and the language development. You know, when you're two, three, four years old, there's plenty of these books or the, the words that these kids don't understand. It gives you as an adult a chance to explain them, to have that interaction. There's plenty of words in these books I don't understand. I got to look up. But, uh, you know, it's just something that helps us communicate with these children. So we want to make sure that we're reading books for the cognitive and language development. And another reason is attention span. You know, little kids, two, three, they bounce off the wall all day long. It gives you a chance to sit in your lap, uh, concentration, self-discipline, and help with attention span. So if there's anything else that your listeners are thinking about, how can they interact with their kids? Get them into books because you you read to them when they're early, they'll read to you when they're older. Yeah, not only that, there's that tactile experience of your grandkids sitting on your lap with that warmth and that love that they can't get out of that device, right? There's no warmth and love coming out of the device. And so just giving them an opportunity to experience the tactile uh, experience of you reading them a story. So yeah, you've made some really good points of, of how it helps with their growth and their evolution as a human being. Um, but in this day and age, when there's so much that is on the computer, books are it can keep their attention almost the same, if not more so, because the tone in your voice and how you can make it an exciting story and change, you know, voices and things like that. I mean, my background is actually early childhood education, so I know a lot about this. (laughs) And, and so when I would read to, to the children, it was, it was almost like what we would consider meditation time 
these days for us, you know, a time to step away from the things that you've been go, go, go doing. And it's just a time to be. So I, I'm really with you on that. I think, I think that's an excellent way to, to bond with, with the grandkids. So you had done some studies uh, about grandparents and the amount of grandparents that actually do not have much connection with their grandkids. Do you want to share what you've learned? Well, you know, again, uh, my, my focus is on the baby boomer generation. You know, how are we leaving our legacy? How are we involved? You know, and it happens that my generation is a very selfish generation. You know, our, our, our attitude is that, Hey, you know, we raise great kids. Let them, let them go ahead and raise those kids. You know, I got to go play some pickleball or I got to do some traveling. You know, what, what has happened is 30% of grandparents today are classified as remote, remote meaning that they're just not involved in bringing up their kids. Think about that. That's one out of every three of us. One out of every three baby boomers and older adults just don't want to get involved in raising their kids. They, they may show up for a birthday or they may come to Christmas, but they really don't want to get involved in, in raising their kids. You know, there's all kinds of reasons that, that cause that. But a lot of the reasons are caused by us, by us as the grandparents. You know, for instance, you know, we may not have liked the spouse our kid married. Okay, all of a sudden there's tension between you and, and the family. So so you you distance yourself or they distance themselves from us. You know, we may be giving unsolicited advice to our children, you know, and our children say, hey, I'm the parent now, you know, I'll, I'll make those decisions. But, mm-hmm. you know, we continue to give them unsolicited advice. And that pulls us away. That makes the parent, children say, hey, yeah, we don't really need you around here. We may just drop into their house unexpected. Oh, hey, yeah, we got to, we got to, we got to do those, uh, respect those borders. So, ways, you know, other examples that we as grandparents are, are pushing ourselves away from our grandkids is that, you know, we're undermining the parent's authority by challenging what a parent is teaching their kids. You know, and if we do that in front of the kid, that is a real issue. Uh, grandparents question the, the parents' values and family structure. We can't lose sight. We're the parents that, that gave these kids their structure and their family. And so we're involved in that. You know, we got to let them do their own thing. We, we have a tendency to, to play favorites and, and manipulate siblings. You know, we all have our favorite. I, I got six grandkids. I got a favorite grandkid, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell anybody. I, you know, I got to keep that inside because once that, once it goes out, you got a problem. You got a problem with the whole family. You know, we 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 try to transactionally control these kids uh, with uh, giving them money, taking them gifts, taking them on vacations. You know, parents don't really uh, like that many times. We as older adults may have a, a lack of empathy. You know, this is their ability to understand and share feelings with another. You know, kids need that. Kids need so much empathy. You know, so this is this may be reason that grandparents are just not involved. And then, you know, grandparents who demand that a grandchild comply and respect them, you know, that pulls us apart. So the scary number is one out of every three of us just not involved. And in today's world, we have got to get involved. You know, again, these kids are the greatest generation ever produced, and they are learning everything they know from the Internet. We have got to offset that. You know, we have got to be the ones that take them outside to play kickball or soccer. You know, we're the ones that have to take them and read them to a book. We're the ones that need to take them to museums so they do things, learn things. So that's what we've got to get involved in and how we have to get involved. Because, again, one out of three of us don't really care. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, what do you think is the main difference? And listening to what you're saying about how we jump in and try to bring the grandkids up the way we brought our kids up, what do you think is the main differences between parenting as a parent and grandparenting? Well, I think we have to kind of take a look through history. Um, you know, I grew up in the 50s and the 60s, and, and my parents were the generation that went through the Depression. They're the ones that went to World War II and saved the world for democracy. A very disciplined group of people. They came back to the U.S. and Canada, and they, you know, they established who we are today. But they were very disciplined. You know, when I was growing up, it was very black and white. My brother Larry and I, if we got in trouble during the day, my mom would say, where did your dad get some? (laughs) My dad would come home and he'd whip off his belt and chase us around the kitchen table. You know, and that was discipline back then. You know, that's, that's how, that's how we learned right from wrong. I mean, he had a, he had this fraternity paddle in his closet. He also used on us. And one night, my brother and I decided when they were at home, we're going to take that fraternity paddle. And it was, uh, I grew up in Ohio and it was late fall and there's lots of leaves on the ground. And we took that fraternity paddle and we buried it in the middle of the leaves. It snowed the next day and we went back out that spring and the fraternity paddle was gone. It was a miracle to us. You know, it was like, <laughs> wow. So I think my generation learned that you can't go around chasing your kids around the table with a belt. You got to come start to negotiate with them. You got to, you know, give them consequences. You got to talk to them. Uh, and then I think that generation learns even better. I see how my my grandkids are disciplined. They get in trouble. They go to timeout. They got to go against the wall, away from their friends. They got to realize why they did that. And, you know, so it's a whole different world. It's an evolution of of one generation to another. In fact, I was at uh, my uh, granddaughter Grace's third birthday party a couple months ago, and she and her brother was four year and a half years old. You know, they were fighting over these trucks she got for her birthday, and she. She looks at him and she says, you know, I need my space. And she gets up and she walks over to one side of the sofa and sits down. He looks at her and says, I need my space too. And he goes, up <laughs> and, he goes over and sits on the other side. Now, they didn't learn that on the internet. I, I'm sure that one day their mother got so frustrated with both of them, looked at him and says, I need my space yeah. <laughs> and walks away. But, you know, that's the way life is today. And it's probably a lot better than when I was growing up. Yeah, I I find that, you know, even even going to school for early childhood education and, and we had to learn ways other than the ways we were parented, as you said, with, you know, the slap or the, or the belt or something like that. And and it really um, there's a little bit more work involved in figuring out a situation that needs uh, guidance, <laughs> your grandchildren it's it's very easy to to pick up a belt and say that's it i've had enough it doesn't really involve any skill in that way and so if we were brought up in that way in the manner of do as i say um and of course these kids these days that isn't the way that anybody is allowed to to respond to to children i mean even in teachers in school. I mean, I had a, a teacher that would throw the ruler at you when, when you were talking too much. So, I mean, that's, that's really not done anymore. What could you say to grandparents that maybe aren't aware of some of these new ways of getting the result that you're looking for uh, without being overbearing? The role of 
us as grandparents and parents. Um, and, and think about it. A lot of families are only single parents. Okay. So, so that means it's more important for grandparents to get involved. In fact, in today's world, it really does take a village to raise a child. It takes the grandparents. It takes aunts and uncles. It takes cousins. It takes friends. It takes a village to raise a child in today's world. And it needs to, because again, we need to offset and give them experiences beyond what they're learning on the internet. So the best thing I think that all parents and grandparents should keep in mind that it's necessary for us to teach children how to think, not what to think. They're going to learn how to think. Okay. And how do you do that? How as grandparents, can you teach your children how to think? Well, obviously you need to ask them questions. How do you think that's how they learn how to think? And going back to our talking about why it's so important to read books to kids is that's another reason why we should be reading books to kids because it teaches them how to think. You know, before you pick up the book, you just want to, uh, you know, ask the, the child, what do you think is going to happen in this book? Mm-hmm. You know, let them start to think. Again, thinking is, is, is what our role is to, to round out what they're doing. And then, you know, when they're on the reading the book together, you, you know, who are the characters in this book? What is the setting of this book? Getting them to think, you know, does anything in this book sound familiar to you? And then when you're done reading the book, just like you should be doing every night at dinner time, when you ask them how their day was, what was your favorite part of the book? Why was it your favorite part? So always keeping the back of your mind as parents and grandparents is we need to teach children how to think. Okay, They're going to learn what to think over life, but teach them how to think. Because if we can teach them how to think, they will be the greatest generation ever. Beautiful. And so not having read your book, but I've been reading some of the reviews from your book, it sounds like you guide the grandparent on how to do that as well. Like, can you share a little bit about what is in your book as far as that perspective? Sure. And the book is a true story. It happened while I was watching my six kids, grandkids for six weeks, you know, interact with each other. And uh, the, book, the book is about uh, Jordan, who is two turning three tomorrow, and how he interacts with his cousins. And so with each one of his cousins, he steals their toys. <laughs> he just takes them from them. You know, he, he, he takes, he takes the, the, the sea creatures. He takes the dinosaurs. He takes the dancing shoes. He takes the dolls. You know, but they don't realize he's doing that. And then uh, they all come to uh, his birthday party. And Olivia, who is eight years old at the time, and she is a big dancer. She's the one that had dance. She goes into his room and sees that he's got all these toys piled up and it's all his cousin's toys. Um, and so the father who really is the hero of the book calls all these kids together and says, we got to talk about this. What are we going to do? And then Olivia comes up with the idea. And again, this is a true story. Uh, she says, you know, we should give these uh, kid these, these toys and these gifts that, that Jordan just got today to the homeless kids downtown. Okay, and that was something they were doing in their school and talking about in the school. So that shows just how important education is. And she convinces all her cousins to do that. And so that's pretty much what the, the, the book is about is, you know, at what age do we begin to take responsibility for our actions? Is it three years old? Is it 13 years old? Is it 23 years old? You know, I got plenty of baby boomers who are 63 years old that still don't take responsibility for their actions. <laughs> yeah. And and that's pretty much what the book is all about. 
So in a way, you're sharing a message through storytelling, which is really the best way to deliver a message, I think, uh, because we can then think for ourselves, can't we? Just as you were giving us the example, you know, when we read those words, we can think to ourselves, you know, how does that apply in my life? Is there something that I can learn from it? So it, it sounds like it's a, an all around teacher, not just for the kids, but for the parents and the grandparents, too. <laughs> So my question then is, after you wrote the book, what surprised you the most as far as any reactions you got to it? What surprised me the most were my grandkids right? and, and how they embraced it. You know, uh, in fact, uh, two weeks ago, uh, Olivia was over here with two of the, the boys and she grabbed the book and uh, she didn't know I was watching them. And she took the boys and they went underneath my desk. And she started reading the book to the boys. Okay. And, and Levi says, that's me in the bathtub. And Jackson says, you know, that's me with my dinosaurs. And so they were really involved in it. But what was really interesting is um, Levi came to me a couple of weeks ago and he's seven years old. He says, you know, you, you wrote your book, wrote a book about Jordan. Let's write a book about me. <laughs> and, and Olivia came to me two days ago and she says, Gramps, I got a great idea for our next book. And I said, what is it? She says, you know, the book should be, I don't want to turn 10. She just turned nine. I said, you don't want to turn 10. Why don't you want to turn 10? And she says, well, you know, I, I got to start thinking about driving. I said, that's seven years away. Why are you worried about that now? And then she says, you know, I, I got to start thinking about picking out a college. I said, that's nine years away. Why are you even thinking about that now? She says, you know, and, and these fifth graders, she's in fourth grade, these fifth graders, they have a lot more homework than we do. I got to start worrying about doing that. She says, but let's write a book. We'll write a book. You know, I don't want to turn 10. And so when you think about it, at every age, we're looking back and we're looking forward. I don't want to turn 21. I don't want to turn 70. I don't want to turn 39. You know, it, it really is a lesson for all of us in life. You know, what have we accomplished? And what do we think about the unknown? Beautiful. So if you were to share one bit of advice to grandparents on something that you've discovered uh, about the benefit of being an involved grandparent, what would you say? You know, in today's world, growing up is so much different than when I was growing up. You know, when I was growing up, my uncle lived up the street, my grandmother lived two blocks away, and, you know, that was our village. You know, we were all together. But in today's world, we're scattered. I mean, in my case, I've got two grandkids here in Arizona. I got two in uh, Texas. I got two in Florida. You know, that's very scattered. So we had to figure out a way to stay in touch with them because little kids aren't going to pick up the phone and say, hey, Gramps, what's going on? You know, that's just not how it works. They're, they're mm -hmm. in their, once they're gone and they're outside, they're on their own world. So we found out, you know, I found out early on with these six kids that all of them love dinosaurs. Dinosaurs is like the language of little kids, two, three, four-year-olds. I mean, these little kids, they can say these names of dinosaurs that are this small. Yeah. You know, and and, the, and all I know about dinosaurs is they're small, medium, and large. You know, they can tell me who their friends are, the dinosaurs, who they eat. You know, they, they know all this dinosaur language. In fact, you know, when I, when I take them to a park and they see other kids, they just all talk dinosaurs. So dinosaur is a language of little kids that, that they all get involved in. So we decided, since they're all into dinosaurs, that once they left our house, we got to come up with a way to keep in touch with them. 
So we have six dinosaurs that they were playing with at our house. And we decided that we were going to put these dinosaurs someplace different every night. So they, they would uh, have an interaction with them. So like, for instance, one night they were in the refrigerator eating blueberries. Another <laughs> night they were by the sink with grandma washing dishes with soap on their noses. Another night they were playing the piano. Another night they were walking up steps. So we had 50 different nights of when they were in the house or out of the house. Because again, the kids were familiar with our house, you know, so that they could relate. So our goal was to become part of the kids routine and so what happened was you know when the kids in texas and uh florida went home you know they they took their bath their mom and dad read my book and then they would say to their parents what are the dinosaurs doing tonight and so they would call on my wife's iphone and uh we would get facetime and they said where's gramps where's gramps what are the dinosaurs doing tonight and so that was our way of keeping in contact with them when they're out of town and out of sight. You know, I'm sure your listeners can come up with other ways that they can do to keep in contact. But, you know, just so important for, for you to be that kind of a, a grandparent in their lives. It's beautiful. We have Elf on the Shelf at Christmas time here in Canada anyway. And it's the same ideas. Each night, the elf is in a different position doing something else. So, you know, it sounds like it's something that the kids have really embraced. And I think that's a wonderful idea. I think that's a really fun activity that makes the connection between grandkid and grandparent so much stronger because they can then relate on something that interests them both. I think that that is really awesome. Well, I've loved our conversation. I'm curious now as to what your book is all about. So we can go to your website, can't we, to to find your book? It's at grampsjeffrey.com. Sure. You can go to the website or buy it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, about 100 other sites out there. Um, but yeah, gramsjeffrey.com just uh, is coming. If anybody wants to continue the conversation, just have them email me at gramsjeffrey at gmail.com. I love talking about this stuff. You can now find my podcast, my book, and soon my classes on babyboomer.org, the ultimate, most trusted source for news, information, and community. They've curated all the resources on the things that interest you. Check it out today at babyboomer.org. This episode brought to you by Lunch with a Healer podcast. The best conversations happen when you're having lunch with a friend, especially when one is a healer. Pull up a chair at lunchwithahealer.com.